Hello there and welcome to another episode of That One Sports Podcast. This is Ian Livingston Brooking, your host. Got a lot to talk to today. I apologize that this episode is late, y'all. It has been crazy where I work here at the newspaper. and But you know what that means? That means there's so much more to talk about. Uh, I am bringing on a guest today, my good friend Brian Estrada. This might be a two-hour episode, so we might even break it up into a two-part. Or if you want to listen for two hours, like two-thirds of a Lord of the Rings movie, be, be my guest. Uh, but we're going to jump right in to some transfer news around the soccer world. It is a done deal. I am looking at my phone right now, 6.45 p.m. on Monday, July 26th. A day before my birthday, by the way. Rafael Varane from Real Madrid is officially a red at Manchester United. The 35 million pound or 48.4 million dollar deal is officially done. United have their center back to go with Harry Maguire. They have their back four with Luke Shaw at left back, Verane Maguire in the middle, and Aaron Wambasaka on the right. That is a world-class back line for Manchester United. Have not seen one probably since they won the title in 2013. You know, the last time you know they brought home a Premier League title. So while football might not have come home for England this past summer, the title might come back to the red side of Manchester, which would send United fans into a craze. This comes after they signed Jaden Sancho and officially announced him. Uh, they were waiting for medicals to get done and for him to kind of get back from vacation following the Euro. So the deal was official, 73 million uh, pounds, which is around $90 million. So they basically got two world-class players. Verane is under the age of 30, so he has a good six, seven years. And I know I mentioned it in my podcast a couple of weeks ago that I was, as much as I would love to have Sergio Ramos from from Real Madrid who just signed with Paris Saint-Germain for just his leadership and his his ability to score penalties his you know Mr. 94th minute when he scored a header in the Champions League, Champions League final I would rather have someone like Ferrane who is almost the same caliber but a lot younger and could go another seven eight nine seasons uh, so not and obviously Sancho 21 22 years old Fantastic player for Dortmund. We could have him for a decade, you know. And you know, I, I, I apologize that not none of that wee stuff going forward. I apologize. United can have him for a decade, and fans over there at Old Trafford will go nuts. So here's to a great partnership between those two. I look forward to seeing it. I know many Premier League, you know, fans look forward to seeing it as well, unless you're going up against that team. And speaking of Manchester United, Paul Pogba might be out of Manchester United. He left the club in 2012 and moved to Juventus, where he became a top-class player. And then United bought him back for a record $116 million. He is being linked to Paris Saint-Germain, and Pogba is French. He was born in France and then moved to the French-colonized area of Guinea, where he and his family stayed. Uh, but the problem is that Pogba, it, you know, made it very clear a couple years ago, and during right before France won the World Cup, that he really didn't want to play in Paris. And according to a report from the 90minute.com, which was written by Jamie Spencer a couple weeks ago, comes after Paris Saint-Germain fans are protesting. Uh, there were banners held at the Parc des Princes where PSG plays, and obviously it was in French, but it was translated to 
your mother doesn't want you here, Paul, and neither do we. Now, the reason behind that is Paul Pogba's mom and you know, his family are Marseille fans. Now, Marseille is a huge rival of Paris Saint-Germain. Like the biggest rival. We were talking Liverpool United, Manchester City United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Barcelona. And for those Americans, we're talking Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Louisville, Michigan, Ohio State, Ohio State, Penn State. That's how cutthroat the rivalry is. So while I understand the fans' displeasure of him signing, and while I know that Pogba might not fit into that style of play that uh, Pochettino, the manager, has, it's still a world-class player. And to be honest, Poch might actually adjust the style of play to fit Paul. Who knows? I mean, PhD has the money to get him, so it's only a matter of time to see what we'll do, but... If Pogba does leave, I don't think it will go to Man- I don't think it will go to PSG because of those reasons. I don't. And Re- while Real Madrid would want him, they don't have the money for him. I mean, they do, but they are re- being really hit hard financially right now, and I just don't see them, you know, pulling through. So maybe United keeps Paul uh, for a couple, couple more weeks, uh, or through midway through the. Uh, Premier League season, then when the January transfer window comes up, that is when he will leave Old Trafford. And, you know, thank you, Paul, for what you've done. Um, as that's what some Manchester United fans will more than likely be saying. Uh, I know I know many fans have been critical of the way he's uh, played over the years. We can see some of the best of <laughs> we can see some of the best player in the world in regards to what he's done. You know, what 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 the football world saw in the World Cup. United fans have seen that. And then there are times when United fans have just seen an absolute garbage. So I, I I feel like it's going to be mixed for United fans if he leaves. But if he stays, and the lineup that they currently have right now, my word, it would be incredible to see that for an entire season. Um, Jaden Sancho, getting back to him for a minute, he's taking number 25 which is odd to me as someone who's played soccer. Um, that's a, you know, that's a defender's number, uh, in my opinion. Then again, I'm someone that wanted to wear the number 82 or 83. Uh, so what do I know? But I personally think that Sancho always has worn either a midfield number, which is 7, 17. I don't think, you know, Cavani is going to keep his number 7. Um... Rashford is going to keep his number 10, obviously. I fully believe that if Paul Pogba leaves, or if we if United gets rid of Anthony Martial, Sancho is going to take one of those two numbers, number 6 or number 9, next season. So, if I'm a United fan, I would wait to get that jersey, or the kit, I would wait to get it, before, so that way you don't spend 100 pounds one year and then have to do it again the next. Um, so there's that. Sticking with the world of soccer, the United States women's national team you kicked off their Olymp- their quest for Olympic gold with a loss. And not just a loss. It was a 3 nothing loss. Now, a lot of people not going to get political with this. All right. A lot of people were critical who are pretty much people who don't understand women's soccer they just see the dominance in the United States and then all of a sudden they see a 3 nothing loss like wow they are terrible those those girls wow what a what a terrible terrible loss 
as bad as the loss looks, it was to a top-class Sweden team. For those of you who don't know much about international women's soccer, Sweden is one of the best teams in the world. If I'm not mistaken, they might not have a World Cup trophy, but they have played with the upper echelon of women's soccer, including the United States. In fact, I have it right here. Sweden defeated the United States on penalties in the round of 16 back in the Rio Olympics in 2016. All right. That was huge because if I'm not mistaken, no team has ever won a World Cup and then the following year won the gold medal. And the United States are hoping to do that because the United States did not win it in 2012. They didn't win. Uh, they won gold in 2012, but they lost in 2011 to Japan. So, I mean, and if you look at these games, you know, they beat Sweden 3-2 in the group stage of the 91 Women's World Cup. They beat them 3-1 in the 2003 group stage. They beat them in the 2007 uh, group stage 2-0. They lost to Sweden in 2011 of the Women's World Cup before they went on to win uh, runners-up in that uh be runners up in the 2011 uh, Women's World Cup. They tied 0-0 in the next World Cup 2015, and they barely escaped against Sweden when they went to defend their title in 2019. And then in the 96 group stage games of the uh, World uh, Olympics in Atlanta, they beat them 2-1. The United States did. So this Sweden team is not bad by any means. Not bad at all. Except to me, they are top class. They are top five. All around for me, overall in the last 15, 16 years of women's international soccer, it would be the United States, Germany, Brazil, Sweden, and possibly England or Japan, depending on who you're talking to. I'm going to go with Japan because they have that World Cup title in 2011. But yeah, those are the top five, in my opinion, of women's international teams. And... Sweden has never been an easy game for the United States. So, yeah, the loss may look bad. They may have got their butts kicked. But to be honest, I'd rather lose now. If I'm that team, I'd rather lose now than in the gold medal or in the knockout games. And boy, oh boy, did they prove. Because someone said, I believe it was Abi Wambach, USA great, said it best. The loss sucks. But if I do not want to be the team that has to play the United States women's after our loss like that. And boy, oh boy, was she right because the United States won 6-1 over New Zealand. And then they will play, basically, you know, if, if Sweden loses, the United States wins, you know, coming up here soon, the United States will take the group depending on goal differential. But it looks like the United States are going to be the runners-up in this group. And then Sweden's going to take it. So you might see these two teams again in the knockout stage. And what a way to get revenge if I'm the United States. So with that, that's the soccer portion of this thing. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Welcome back to that one sports podcast. We are now talking about the Gold Cup. The United States hopped their way into the Semifinals of the 2021 Gold Cup after an 83-minute winner by Matthew Hoppy. It was a fantastic headed goal. It was a 1-0 game. 
one nothing win over a always, always, always tough Jamaican squad. Jamaica has really grown in the last decade with their soccer program and making all the way to the Gold Cup final in 2015 and 2017. In fact, in the last three Gold Cups, it's been the United States that has knocked out Jamaica from Gold Cup competition. So maybe in 2023, Jamaica will get their revenge, but not this year. The United States will go on to play Qatar or Qatar in the semifinals. Qatar was invited to play in the Gold Cup. They worked their way through the group stage, had a great game against El Salvador, finding themselves 3-0, up 3-0 early in the second half, and El Salvador made it a game after two quick goals between the 60th and 70th minute, but in the end, Qatar won. So it's going to be interesting to see. Will we have a different team in the Gold Cup final? Because it's always seemed to be the United States and Mexico. In fact, Mexico and the United States have played each other six times for a chance to win the Gold Cup. Mexico has won five of those. Mexico has won eight Gold Cups. The United States has won six. The only other team outside of those two teams to win the Gold Cup was Canada in 2000. And they surprisingly beat Colombia that year. So, and Canada is in the semifinals, despite not having one of their best players in Alfonso Davies. They have made it. And they play Mexico. It should be an interesting game to see how those two teams will play against each other. You know, Mexico obviously plays with the ball a bit, but can also beat you on the counterattack, whereas Canada really slows down the game. You can tell that after they allowed that opening goal in the first minute against the United States back in the group stage, they slowed the game down. So it will be interesting to see who will come out on top of both of those matchups. I personally think we are going to see another USA-Mexico final. And I would really you know, like to see the United States continue that success that we you know, fans have been looking for. And what a better way. Obviously, they had their moment against Mexico a couple weeks ago in the CONCACAF Nations League final. But this is a completely different roster. You don't have guys like Pulisic, McKinney, Dest, Reyna, and the you know, wonder goalkeeper Horvath, who made those incredible stops and then was actually destroyed by uh, Hector Herrera. Um, so it should be interesting to see you know, if the United States and Mexico make it to the final, which will be on August 1st, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. August 1st. In Las Vegas, who will come out on top? I personally think that it's going to be another tough matchup for the United States against Qatar. Qatar is out to prove something about their program, about their their nation. And I would not be surprised to see this game go into added extra time. Mexico, I think, is going to take it to Canada. Mexico has not allowed a goal so far. In the Gold Cup. Yep, they have, you know, seven goals scored, zero against. I think Canada might push one past them. I might, you know, I believe that's possible. But in the end, it's not going to be as close. I think it's going to be 2-1 United States. And it's going to be 3-1 Canada. 
and then in the Gold Cup final, I feel like the United States will take it on penalties, which is going to be a nightmare for everyone involved in that. But it should be interesting. You know, it's been an interesting Gold Cup to watch, given the fact that so many of the teams that I personally thought, like Curacao, like Haiti, were going to do well, and then obviously Curacao is forced out because of COVID. Haiti lost a lot of players because of COVID. So it's interesting to see, you know, it's very been very, very intriguing to see how this Gold Cup has played out. So, but that that's my final thought on the Gold Cup. The United States, I think, is lifting their second trophy in about a month and a half, which will bring joy to many, many fans who have spent years in despair, especially since not making it to the World Cup in 2018. We're going to take another break, but before we go to break, I'm just going to lay out the topics we got for you guys coming up. My friend Brian is going to be joining us, and like I said, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, One of the things we are going to discuss is, it looks like the SEC might have some new friends to play with in a couple years. Oklahoma and Texas have officially notified the Big 12 that they plan to leave when their contracts are done in 2025, which means that Texas has three years to get back, as they so proudly claimed a couple years ago. So they have a couple years to finally get back to where they thought they would be at. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next couple years how the Big 12 is going to treat these two programs and what the SEC is going to do. Because obviously we all know that we got the Longhorn Network. We have the SEC Network. Oklahoma has been dominating the Big 12 for the last five, six seasons. How is it going to work now? How are the divisions going to work? Is there going to be four? Is there going to be two eight-team divisions? Like, what is going to happen here? So I'm going to discuss that with my good friend Brian. But the biggest talking points are going to be the NBA. The Suns. Two-nothing lead. They had it. All they needed was one win. And it didn't happen. And I feel for Chris Paul. I feel for Devin Booker. But man, I am so happy for Giannis Antetokounmpo. A man that we honestly thought was not going to be playing in these games. We all saw his knee go the other way. We all thought he's done. We all thought he tore everything. And the man comes back and drops a 50-piece. In a title-clinching game. What a story. And... An interesting fact, all three of the Atenacupo brothers have now won a title for the city of Detroit. Just saying. So, abs- you know, before Detroit has won another title, that, that's that's the joke. I think I misspoke there. Anyway, with that being said, we're going to talk about the finals. We, we got the NBA draft coming up on Tuesday. Who we, I, I believe Kate Cunningham is going to go number one. But who needs who the most? What Kentucky players or Duke players are going to go after some tumultuous seasons for some top teams like Kentucky and North Carolina and uh, Duke and North Carolina? What are they going to do? Like, what what are their players going to do? We're going to be talking some trades. Kyle Kuzma is on the trading block. Ben Simmons. Who's going to be moving around? Is Chris Paul going to go to the Lakers? Speaking of Chris Paul, we're going to discuss what happened. In that 2000, in that you know trade over a decade ago, that would have seen Chris Paul go to the Lakers and play with Kobe Bryant, but the NBA blocked it. 
Would have would CP3 had his title then? Brian and I are going to discuss that. We also got some hypotheticals. You know, Brian and I love throwing around hypotheticals. We did that when we worked together. We worked together at Ocean Lakes, which is a campground here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And we spent much of our time making pizzas, making food for campers, and just talking sports. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about the Oklahoma and Texas joining. And then, of course, the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, will he stay or will he go? Even he doesn't seem to know. Honestly, I know. And it's, it's like I'm watching The Notebook. I just want it to end. Like, can we get this over with, please, Aaron? I'm tired of the drama you're leading on for Packers fans. So, there is that. We'll be right back. And when I come back, Brian Estrada finally joining us on that one sports podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back to that one sports broadcast. It is my honor to introduce my good friend, Brian Estrada. Huge Miami fan all around. God rest his soul with the Dolphins, but hopefully that's turning right. around. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just tell me a little bit about yourself, Brian, for my friends and family that are listening around. I mean, I'm originally from Miami. Of course, you kind of just said yourself I'm from Miami. Sadly, yeah, I am a Dolphins fan. As much as regret, I have saying that already. <laughs> or, other than that, I just I just watch sports like crazy. At least not Jacksonville. Anything's better than Jacksonville. <laughs> I'd rather be a Giants fan than a Jacksonville fan. <laughs> but uh, no, so like I said earlier, Brian and I we worked together at Ocean Lakes. And like I said, it was either of us were making pizza or making food, and we're talking about sports with our good friend Tony, uh, who I think he's the manager there now, right? Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, he's a I think he's general manager over there. Woo! I think, he, I think he took uh, Kevin's spot. Shout out to you, Tony. We miss you. And uh, hopefully the Chargers can take over the Chiefs this year. Uh, I don't know about that. Don't <laughs> too much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. As we all know, the, the first uh, funny TikTok you sent me. Blowing <laughs> <laughs> a 2-0. Oh, I feel for Chris Paul. You have to feel for Chris Paul, though. I feel, I feel for Chris Paul, but not really. Mm-hmm. Because like, we've known Chris Paul to have these moments. I mean, look, if you look at John Stockton and Isaiah Thomas, they've only had two throughout their whole career. And I imagine it takes two stars to combine for his four. One of them in the finals. But I think also, I think Phoenix was too stubborn. I think Monty Williams was too stubborn at how they were trying to play in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Because if you realize the playoffs before, they like they built, Miami built a wall to get Giannis out the paint. To right. make Giannis a shooter. And if you make Giannis shoot, you're going to win. Chris Middleton is... I don't, I've never seen a player swing so much before in my life. And I've I've watched a lot of great athletes in my life. But I've never seen... Like, Chris Middleton gave 20 versus Atlanta in the fourth quarter. Right. The next game, he had 13. The whole game. Like I said, that was the thing you and I were always talking about. Inconsistency. Like, it's the inconsistency of Chris, then, like Chris Middleton. But then he came through, though. No, oh, yeah. But Drew Holiday also had a big piece throughout the finals. But I also think Giannis was just, I think he was just too big to stop. Do you think like after the injury, he, when he came back, he's like, there is no way, like he felt kind of invisible? When I saw the hyperextension, I think that's what it was called, the yeah. hyperextension. I thought he was, was done for. That's what I thought, because the way it came down, oh. 
I thought immediate, God forbid, ACL. I was like, every, 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 I was every thinking every was worst thing. And I love Giannis. Oh, yeah. Giannis is, besides the superstar that he is, the two-time MVP defensive player of the year he is, he's a phenomenal player. And, I mean, if you look at the stats throughout the finals, I mean, game one, they did kind of hold him down a little bit. 20 right. points, 17 rebounds, 6 of 11. But that's I, not. That's funny to say, hold him down, he still scored 20. Yeah, that's the <laughs> bad part. But, like, you see, two and three, DeAndre Ayton couldn't hold him. 40 back-to-back games. And both of them, 13 rebounds, 12 rebounds. Do you think that's Aiden's kind of youthfulness, though? He's only been in the league for about four or five yeah. years, but Giannis has doubled that. Yeah. But Giannis is also 6'11". Yeah. Like, two, like, what, two, seven? him, his rookie photo, yeah. what he was. Yeah, he was, like, what, he was, like, 6'9", 185, and there he is. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and people, and Loki, I've got a lot of heat for this one. If you look throughout the stats throughout game, game one, he had four assists. Game two, he had four assists. Game three, six assists. Game four, eight assists. And then game five, eight assists. Giannis, I think, is now finally starting to realize that he could pass the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, he never passed the ball. <laughs> but I think what we're finally what we're finally starting to see is he don't need to get 40. Mm. He can get 25, eight assists. But that also contains... Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton wake up on the right side of the bed. What about Bobby Porters? Bobby, Bobby Porters did do a lot, especially on the defensive end. But I think Drew Holiday. He, he was from Arkansas, right? I, I think so, yeah. Because I, I remember that name in the SEC. We're, so we're going to get yeah. to the SEC in a minute. But I think, I, think, I think Phoenix was also just – they didn't want to do it. I think they were just trying to find a way to play too small mm-hmm. to see if they could outrun Milwaukee on the court. And you're not going to do that against Milwaukee. Milwaukee has you beat on every position there is. Well, I don't know about Devin Booker. But. Speaking of Devin Booker, <laughs> you know, the guy who's been there with them for the last six years, you know, they get him, they're still dead last in the in the West. Probably one of the worst teams in the NBA. A couple years later, there they are just outside the bubble. Based on a few outlying I- circumstances, they didn't get in despite winning eight games. And then here they are in the NBA Finals. No. Will MB- Will Devin Booker return to the Finals? If Chris Paul comes, but I think I think Chris Paul is starting as much fallouts that he's had throughout his career. Chris Paul is starting to show that any team he goes on, they can win. Right. And we've seen that with Oklahoma City because remember Oklahoma City before they were like what like a point eight percent on ESPN to make the playoffs. And they were like what, like the sixth seed, yep. sixth or fifth seed, and and you saw the Clippers, yeah, and the Clippers too, the Clippers too. I mean, injury was just horrible for for them at the whole and time. And the Rockets the too, the Rockets too. But James Harden did also have a pretty yeah. big fall. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. It's just, I think Chris Paul, I think if he stays at Phoenix, they have a chance. But who do they need to get if Chris Paul leaves? Would they go for a draft pick or sign a veteran? I, I would go with a veteran, to be honest. What Devin Booker needs... I mean, Devin Booker's a walking 40 if he wants to be right. And I think you like that because he's a Kentucky mate. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I'm wearing a jersey right now. Yeah, exactly. But I think if Devin Booker could get similar to... Let, let's say like a Brandon Ingram. Mm. 
I think that would help him a lot, especially on the defensive end. Brandon Ingram is kind of slept on to play defense, but I don't know. I I think Giannis was. I think this was Giannis's year. And how did the East lay out last? They lost to the Bucks. You know, the East last year is the Heat and the they Bucks. They lost right? to Miami in five. In five. And. I think the year before, didn't they lose to, to Toronto in six? That's when they lost four straight. Yeah. So you know, kind of like a redemption. You know, they, yeah. They lost. They they know how it feels to lose four straight. And and you know what we what and we, it's funny. They you know, they mentioned it. Toronto, Miami, both those teams. You know, it's obviously supposed to be fun, yeah. but one of them was an NBA champion. Yeah. And you know, and, and it's like we always like Giannis always gets picked out to be. He's not a shoot. Well, I mean, he's not, but. Like, we never really sent Shaq, I think, to my opinion, to see someone so dominant like that. And who's not, like, a guy who can set up. Yeah. A like, mid-range. I think, he I is think, a in-the-paint guy. I think the league has changed so much. I I think our fault for that is kind of Steph Curry. Because mm. Steph Curry has made shooting a huge reliability in this league. But, like, I think it's weird for us to finally see he don't need... 35 footers, step back threes off the glass. Like, he don't need that to get 50. I mean, we saw that game six. Oh, that, to me, that game six performance is probably one of the best NBA finals performances. In finals history in closeouts. And remember, he is, I think it's one of three that has a 50 point, like 10 rebound plus, and five blocks. I think in I think yeah if he's one of three it's probably not I even think finals I, it's, it's also yeah, playoffs. I think it, I know it's him, Shaq, and I think Kareem. If I'm not mistaken, I don't remember. But what, what a list of people? Done? Huh? What a list of people? Yeah, exactly. Like that's Hall of Fame material at that point. Who does he remind you of, Giannis, with that kind of dominance? Is it Shaq or is it more of a Tim Duncan? The thing is with Tim Duncan, like Tim Duncan was dominant, but I don't think. To the, I think honestly, prime for prime, I don't think Tim Duncan can hold a Giannis mm. for the weight. But Shaq was, besides the free throw shooting, <laughs> but yeah, at least Shaq was. Uh, Shaq was also a player that okay, you couldn't guard me at the post. Mm. Barbecue chicken, I'm taking that all night. <laughs> like, and Giannis is like that. We saw that versus when they did a pick and roll. DeAndre Ayton had to pick up, let's say, Brooke Lopez. Mm. Jay Crowder's on Giannis. That's a huge mismatch up. Like, even sometimes, I think Devin Booker even picked up sometimes. That and was like, hilarious to watch. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, no, no. It's like me trying to guard Thanos in the post. We all know that's not going to work. <laughs> like, oh, you got to do this. Exactly. <laughs> but, I don't know. So, are they, I, you know, if everyone saves, are they a repeat contender? I think we'll be pretty close. I think the, the biggest piece is what the Lakers do in the offseason. Mm. Because I've said this to you before you've brought me on here, was they need to get rid of Kyle Kuzma. He is literally robbing Los Angeles at this point for $40 million. <laughs> Easy there, Stephen A. Let's... <laughs> no, no, I'm not that extinct. <laughs> but I got to think. I'm not saying Kyle Kuzma's trash, quote unquote. Right. Like, I don't think he fits. They're not getting the money's worth. I don't think that, and I don't think he fits with Brian, to be honest. 
like Braun is known to be if you get the right shooters, he'll make it work. Mm -hmm. And Kyle Kuzma is, to be honest, not a great shooter. Will be a better fit. I mean, who runs the point in LA? Dennis Schroeder. But look who I just said. <laughs> I mean, what, what what is more likely, Devin Booker to leave the Suns to go to LA, or Chris Paul to go to the Suns? I think if Chris Paul was to leave, because Chris Paul does have the free agent, like the he's he's gonna be a free agent, a restricted free agent. If I was him, I would look at going to the Lakers. The only thing that he has to swallow is he's not gonna get that big money. He has to take a pretty big pay cut to play with the Lakers, but he wants a ring, so kind of got to do what you got to do. Right. And I think for if the Lakers were to get Chris Paul, I think that does help LeBron and Anthony Davis like crazy, especially throughout that. Like it takes LeBron off the ball. Mm. I think so. And I mean, Chris Paul is known to be phenomenal at the pick and roll. What is Anthony Davis great at playing the high pick and roll? Saw a lot of that in Lexington. That's what exactly. got him. A, that's what got that's him a title. Exactly. But I mean, let's say they don't even get uh, Chris Paul. If I was a Lakers, I would even look at trying to get shooters. Maybe like a Buddy Heel. That's the because I remember Buddy Heel from from college. Obviously, Oklahoma, the lights out shooter from there. I don't remember much of him right now. But you know who I always hear a lot of that I'm knowing. I'm showing my Kentucky bias here, but De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox, the only well, the only guy to know how to shut down Lonzo Ball. That is facts. Even in college. Even in college. <laughs> Even in college. But I mean, De'Aaron Fox would also be a great pickup. I mean, there's there's rumors. I think it was on Bleach Report before even did ESPN. Was the Lakers were interested in Russell Westbrook? Mm, no, I don't. That's a whole. That's a disaster. They don't have the thing. money. They don't have the money. It, for it's not even that. Let's say they even had the money. If you're gonna trade Washington, who are you gonna give up for someone like Russell Westbrook? Because yeah. if you tell me Kyle Kuzma and KCP, no, no, like <laughs> I mean, you would have to you would have to sacrifice your draft picks for the next probably like five, five years. years. So I mean, not even that. and some allocation money. Like you'll have to give up. Yeah, almost... exactly. But it's not even that. I don't. I don't think. What about John Wall? John Wall would be a good pick because John Wall was also known as the basketball. Because in Washington, what was he averaging? Twenty three. Yeah. Eight and eight and eleven. Yeah. And people just forget how I think, unfortunately, because one, he's on Washington, he was on Washington, and two, you know, he got injured a lot. People forget how great of a basketball player John Wall actually is. And he was gone, I think, three years. He was gone for about at least a year and a half. No, I think it was like two, like two, three years, bro, because of injuries. Yeah, it was bad. Because I remember he was cleared to come back for practice. When he came back, I think he ruptured something again, like at practice. And Achilles. Yeah. I have to put him back here, and. You might give me something for this too. I think Bradley Beal would be an amazing pickup for the Lakers. He'd be a lot cheaper than Wall or someone like Westbrook. No, it would be. But I would rather have a Bradley Beal than a Russell Westbrook. Oh yeah, because I don't know. Beal won't be able to I, rebound, but when you got LeBron and AD there, yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like Westbrook would be too much of a triple double machine. Like he would want to get that triple double because yeah. that's who he's what he's known for. Then like be more of the team player. Nothing against Russell Westbrook. I love him. I think he's a no. Great, I think he's, he's hilarious on the. Ice. I think I think he's a phenomenal player. I mean, the past four years, three seasons have been triple doubles. I'm not saying. I mean, we haven't seen. I've, that been, I've been I've been labeled a Russell Westbrook hater, and I'm not. I think Russell Westbrook is guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think now, but I think next generation, like 10, 15 later, like 10, 15 years later, we will look back like we didn't appreciate his greatness, mm-hmm. like what he brought to the court. But I don't think he'll work with Braun because Russell Westbrook needs the ball in his hands to get 20 points. And it takes him 42 shots to get there. And it's hard because who's going to take the shot at the end? They're both going to be, they will bump into each other in the inbound and lose the ball. Yeah, exactly. And or that or LeBron shoots it and he'll like punch Anthony Davis for the rebound just to get the triple double. <laughs> like, I mean, he'll like pull some uh, Harlem Globetrotter nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Just leap over him and just. That's, that's why like I tell people like Russell Westbrook's more of a season, like to me, he's more of a season player. He's, I think he's been proven he can't win if you have him in the system. Because he is the system. <laughs> like, yeah. I think so. So we got the trades down. We got some of the trade talk done. We got the finals. We got to take a quick look at the NBA draft here over on ESPN. I got my mock draft. Thanks for my ESPN Plus subscription. I'm not trying to sub it in there for copyright or anything. Just, yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky to pay the five bucks. So Detroit, like I said, needs everything, especially after Blake Griffin robbed yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, like, Kate like, like, dropped him. I mean, Kate Covington will be. A phenomenal pickup. I mean, I mean, what do you average? I think it was 20, 20 points. Given 19 point eight, 20 points. But that's just an age. Is it? Yeah, but his age is 18.8 for some reason. That is. That's weird. weird. To say he's 19. Just say, yeah. But we know he could score. We know no, he yeah. also We've seen it. We've seen it, we all, it like, all season that he could score. But it's going to take a lot more than him to no, yeah. turn that franchise around. I mean, Let's say if they had like Andre Drummond, oh. maybe that could have been like a duo later on. But I don't know. Can we also talk about how like Lamarcus Aldridge was done in done in San Antonio, then goes to Brooklyn? Is like, nah, I'm gonna retire. Like, this is I it. did feel bad for him. I, uh, yeah, I really did because I've always been a Lamarcus Aldridge fan. He, he was, was great for he was great for Portland. Yeah, yeah, and then came to LA and, and he uh, came San to San Antonio. Antonio. I mean, he did have the fallout with Pop, but. But who doesn't have a fallout with Bob? Even the great Tim Duncan has had fallouts with Bob. Ronald Ginobili has had fallouts with Bob. But what about this? The G League Ignite, you know, from you know Jalen Green getting drafted. What is it about the G League nowadays that you're seeing or hearing about that's maybe changing the tie the way kids want to go to college and, or like? I think, I think it changes drastically, man, because we've seen G League players come to the league and they take literally the league by storm. I mean, Chris Middleton came out the G League. That's right. Chris Middleton came, and look at him. He's an all-star and now an NBA champion. champion. <laughs> like, it's, it's it's amazing. I mean, I think it's, I think it's going to change a lot, but I also think, too, it's going to change more on the college side. Because remember now, college athletes are not going to start getting paid. Hey. So I think that is going to start being a huge part. I think, what is, what is it, the guy for Alabama, the quarterback there, yeah, he already see. Saban said he has some kind of seven-figure deal already in the Something works, like which is in, which you know that's insane. I, you know, we're gonna get a lot. I'm gonna get a lot of heat from saying, "Hey, that's good on him. Get that money. Get that oh, yeah, million get dollars." Money. So when it doesn't work out, and you're playing for the Jets in seven years. No, oh, yeah, get that million dollars to, to lean back on. You know, same same thing happened for kids at Duke and Kentucky. Oh yeah, forward. and I mean, I think it's it's good for the future later on because you know. He's like, we've heard so many stories, you know, like LeBron James, for example, mm-hmm. that he grew up 
poverty, Section 8, poor, and stuff like that. And I mean, like, let's say some of these kids, like, they come out, you know, with that mentality, like, you know, I am going to make the league. It is going to be on the plus side that you are. You are playing college ball and, you know, you're supporting your family already. Especially in the G League. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not an NBA contract by any means, but it's money. No, yeah. you wouldn't be getting in college. But most people, they make the G League anyway. Most people that make the G League, they get 10-day contracts and, and stuff like that. So This is what I, I like to see. Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga going to Toronto. I got to see how that works. Because you do have also Fred Van Fleet. Mm. And you know what Kyle Larry leaves? You know Fred Van Fleet's about to start. Yeah. We have... So you're a Heat guy. The Kings. And that number nine projected to get Franz Wagner from Michigan. That doesn't solve all the problems. Kind of like Detroit. But you got Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Franz, and now Franz Wagner. Do you... And Try to keep that together for you. I would, and I think, and Marvin Bagley. Remember, you got Marvin Bagley in the center for yeah. too. So, and how tall he is? I think he's. He's. I think like six nine. Six nine, and, and he could shoot the. Th- oh, you also got Tyrese Halliburton out there too. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, now you finally got size, and the speed with the Aaron mm-hmm. Fox. So it's not going to put in the playoffs. No, right away. I think slowly but surely they'll start making a little noise. And. Charlotte getting uh, Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. That would be great because you put, I don't know. I've always, I've been a Gordon Hayward fan, but not really. Mm-hmm. But I think someone around LaMelo's age, they could both group together. I think that would be a great thing to have too. Chris Duarte for the Warriors from Oregon. I mean, he's going to sit behind Steph Curry, Curry for the longest. Well, that and Clay Thompson. Yeah. So you already have two first ballot Hall of Famers that's going to show you how show you the ropes of what it's like being in the league, especially at the shooting guard position, which is Steph Curry's known to demolish everybody. Yeah. This guy right here, Keon Johns from Tennessee, was a bane in Kentucky and thorn in Kentucky's side throughout the matches we played. You know, Kentucky played them on going to Oklahoma City. And to play along, former rival, Jay Gibson Alexander. <laughs> what does that what does that say for uh does that really threaten anything for SGA? I don't think a threat, but I think a little noise. Mm. As then they might be getting Jalen Johnson from your uh, Miami Heat. But what pick Oklahoma doesn't have? <laughs> That's very true because Oklahoma City has think, so many of these. Players. I know they have a couple more in the first round. I think it's I think it's twenty twenty three. They really start showing, right? Like I said the Rockets also got a lot of picks here, but in twenty three and twenty four, looking to get. According, this is a mock draft. Sharif Cooper from Auburn, and then right after that, power forward Kentucky uh, center Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. Personally, you know my stance on Kentucky's one and done. Yeah. I wish they would have. Guys like Jackson needed another year. Hey, if, if, I'm, if I'm gonna be real with you, you might you might give me a little praise for this one. I think Isaiah Jackson would fit better in New York. So then we're gonna have quickly as a shooting guard. We're gonna have Derrick Rose is back in New York, right? I think so. D Rose at the point. You have Julius Randle at center, Jackson at power forward, Kevin Knox out there too. There you got the Calipari Knicks. Yeah, right the Calipari. Artemis <laughs> is John Calipari the coach. Or, I think Kenny Payne, the assistant, is on that team, too. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. The Kentucky Knicks, I like to call. Exactly. 
And especially with a veteran like Derrick Rose behind you. Mm. Still one of my favorite guards in the league. My friend Kyle is a huge Florida Gators fan. She loves Trey Mann, Brooklyn Nuts. Obviously, they have Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant. James Harden. And James Harden. Like, you know, what superstar they, do they not have? But what does that do for his career? What does that do for the Nets? I think I think in the season, especially if he comes off the bench as like a six-man, I think he could give you some production. I'm not saying 20 or 15. Maybe he could give you like a 12, like 12 points, you know, six assists. That would be good enough for Brooklyn. So I'm going through here. There's 60 picks in the NBA draft. Um, you have just going through. I'm trying to find the. Uh, there's Thunder. There's one. We got. And I always saw another one up here. Two, three, three in the second round, and they have one, two. Now they're up in top ten. Three. They got six total out of 60. So literally a tenth of the entire NBA draft. The drop. Uh, BJ Boston would look to be selected by then, uh, the Thunder, here in the with the 36th pick. Were you disappointed in BJ in the uh, college? I, I, know you don't, I know you watch NBA more than college. Yeah. But... Do you feel like it just it was the cold COVID year kind of just really messed with a lot of these one and done every I think it messed up everybody, man. Is I mean, not even like we can say college. We know March Madness more, yeah, because of the Cinderella stories. Mm-hmm. But we also know like besides I don't even I don't even think not even the NBA playoffs. I think any playoffs in general, even let's say we can even count the Super Bowl, the right. Rose Bowl. Like we can, I don't think there's no atmosphere like March Madness. Mm-hmm. Like there's athletes, not even athletes, like people that walk around this earth. They've never watched college basketball, and they'll tell you like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch March Madness." Right. And I think not having fans there, not I don't even think family was really even there. Mm-hmm. I think of it, if you did bring family, I think it was only like two instant family members. I think it was something like that. And I don't, I think COVID played a huge part, especially like even if we mentioned, like you said, like the NBA, like the bubble. Mm-hmm. I think that took a toll on everybody else. Because I'm not gonna lie, if I played in the bubble for 90 days, I would have a PTSD with anything to do with Orlando. Let's say something from someone who just went. Yeah, I just Orlando. went to Orlando. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about that, you know, speaking of trades, so the, the one of the most infamous trade that never happened. Chris, what probably could have gotten Kobe, matched six up rings, with... Six rings, seven rings. Six, seven rings. rings. Chris Paul would be sitting on two right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe third if he didn't know how to blow two We probably would have saw Braun and Kobe play, play in the finals, probably. Thanks again, Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're you know we got a huge you know I actually you know we have six players in their primes. Who would you bench out of these six? And I, I just now saw this one. Oh god, I'm scared. Better NBA draft class, 1996 or 2003? We'll tell you who they are when we come back.
All right, welcome back to that one sports podcast. We got my friend Brian here. Thank you so much again for joining us for this. Really appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. Great conversation with the NBA draft and just the NBA finals in general. Now we're going to talk about some NBA hypotheticals. One of our, our favorite things to do. One of the things we always love talking about when we were back at Ocean Lakes, uh, it was start bench cut. We went through so many. Yeah, y'all those. used to always give me the heat. Right? <laughs> but um, let's talk about that Chris Paul trade and what happened there. What makes me mad more about that trade is they were really shutting it. They David Stern vetoed it because really, oh, the league would be unfair to everyone in the league. And was like, oh, like the Lakers would so overpower everybody in the league. But what made me more mad than anything is, okay, let's stop Chris Paul from going to the Lakers because it'd be too overpowered. But let's let Kevin Durant go to the 73-9 Golden State Warriors with a two-time, one-time unanimous MVP. And a, and a Hall of Fame, of course, sharpshooter in Klay Thompson. Like that, I don't know. I think if the Lakers were to get Chris Paul... Not only I think Chris Paul would still be a Laker, I, I think I have hopes for that. I think Chris Paul would still be a Laker. But I also think as well, Kobe might be having, we might be talking six, seven rings already. Tying MJ or beating or going over MJ. I think it would have changed history. I think, I think honestly, it could have made noise to LeBron's career. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say 20, like 2011. I mean, they did get, what the, they lost to Dallas, I think, 4-2 semifinals that year. But let's say they had Chris Paul. Jason Terry ain't stopping Chris Paul that year. And we would have finally got the LeBron and versus Kobe that we all wanted. Thank you, Orlando, for the roof of Rudy in 2009. I'm going through that playoffs year, and it just looked like the Western Finals was the Mavericks and the Thunder that year. Yeah, I think Dallas won that by in six. Four or five. It was five? Yeah. And then you had the Thunder and the Spurs the next year. That's That would have been amazing to see because you're also looking at, you know, not just you know Kobe and Chris Paul. You're looking at them going up against the big three of Tim Duncan, Manu, and really, to be honest, Tony Parker. Really? Eventually, yeah. When, when Kawhi started getting yeah. in there, I mean, you would have seen. You know, not only that, just not only that, you had uh, well, you know, the, the trio yeah. of the Thunder. Yeah, I think it really would have. If that trade would have happened, maybe those guys would have stayed. I think they would have stayed. Would we have seen the rise of the Warriors if that trade happened? I think they would have still got a ring. Mm-hmm. Just because Steph Curry was 16 and 17, even debating on 18. He was just unstoppable mm-hmm. throughout the whole year. Like, yeah, that 15, 16 year, like you mentioned. Like, one, Steph Curry would make me mad like, at how easy he could shoot the three. And especially, like, there's even, like, stories I've, I've seen of NBA players saying, like, Steph would pass half court and you would already, like, start, like, you know what I mean? Like, Having the out of body experience, like, I already have to play defense because I know he can pull up from half court. 
I think something was funny I saw today on Twitter. It was it was a photo of Olivia Rodrigo and Fetty Wap. I know obviously this is not sports at all related, but it said, you know, who had who owned a year better? And it was obviously Fetty Wap because in February, I would say Fetty Wap for sure because you know because yeah, yeah, it's my way with Drake that like blew him over the whole song. And then yeah, Trap Queen. I said I know Trap Queen really got him going. And what was funny is yo, he had us singing seventeen thirty eight. Yeah, baby, yo. And but see, but the whole bring this whole full circle. Twenty fifteen, and, and even in twenty sixteen, you had views. Uh, 2016 was just an overall great oh, year. Oh, amazing year for music. But he said 2015, you had, you know, Fetty Wap had us singing Yeah Baby, 1738, and Steph Curry. Like, that was, yeah. was 2015. You know, it was those two, those two people overtook no, yeah. 2015. So, it was just, you know, I, I think it said they would have gotten a ring because eventually those guys would have gotten older. Maybe injuries would have happened with Kobe, you know, what if would Kobe have retired in 2016 the way he did if Paul was around, or I would would, would he win? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that Achilles would happen. If we're if we're really gonna be like that, means if you think about it, I'll take the. I mean, as much as Kobe loves having a relationship with the basketball, but, <laughs> but and God rest his soul, mm. him and Gigi. But I think if he had Chris Paul. That would have gave so many opportunities for Kobe, especially to shoot. I mean, we all know Kobe would have still got his 30, 40 shots. Oh, yeah. Regardless. <laughs> but I, I think it would have worked really good because Chris Paul doesn't need 40, 30 points, 20 points. He's fine with 13 points, 20 assists. 10, 5, and 20. Yeah, 10, 5, and 20. That's really what we're knowing Chris Paul really to have. And eight steals, and think about it, because not only not only is Paul... They would have been slept on on defense, too. Because, not to lie, like, Kobe was a great defender. I mean, he was all NBA defense. Chris Paul was pretty pretty solid at Second team defense. Second team defense. I mean, Ron Artest, or Meta World Peace at the time. Yeah. But... I mean, even Andrew Bynum. Andrew Bynum was pretty mm. solid. Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol, too. When you think back to that last Laker team that won a champion, well, not obviously before LeBron, he's just sick of some of those names. And, like, then you also see LeBron in 2007 and who he took to the NBA Finals. Man, you, you, can, you, you can't even say 2007. You can even say 2017 and 18 when he played Kevin Durant and the Warriors. Like, that was literally a varsity team he took to the finals. I mean, when, when you know, if, who was, it was Kyrie and Kevin Love. Because Kyrie got hurt in 2017. I don't think Kyrie was there. Well, no. It no, is, he it, wasn't. Because in, in his first run, 2014-2015. Yeah, that was the first Kyrie, run. Kyrie got hurt. It, and Caitlin. And Kevin then, then Kevin Love got hurt in the Kevin, finals. Kevin Love got, no, Kevin Love got hurt, I think. Eastern Conference Finals. I think it was against Boston. That he, yeah, your tick took a. Uh, I think it was. I think it was his knee yeah. or his uh, shoulder. And then and, Kyrie, and Kyrie, Kyrie went down. And Kyrie went down game one. That's of right. The NBA Finals. One of those two don't get hurt. They get a ring, or did they, they would have got a ring. Would have been a three peat for LeBron. Do you think? I don't know. Is he said that 
that Kevin Durant team in that first year. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know because I, I would think if maybe, man, maybe if KD, like not even, not KD, if LeBron, let's say like he won 2050, he wins 2060, again, that's a 2 P. You bring Kevin Durant? I don't think Kevin Durant would have, I, I give the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. but I don't think he would have left Golden State. Mm. I don't, I don't, I don't think he would have left OKC. As you can tell, as you can tell, we always love hypotheticals. Like say, yeah, it's exactly. just a, a major talking point. And getting to the next one, we have six. Obviously, in the NBA, you can only start five. So out of it, it, these are all players in their prime. You have LeBron James, Steph Curry. Now, what kind of prime Bron we're talking about here? It's a very good question because we do have Miami Bron. Cleveland Braun, like in the yeah. late 2000s, like 06 to 09, yeah, exactly. before he went to Miami. And obviously, the second round of Cleveland Braun from um, what well, that basically carried J.R. Smith that everyone to the finals. Um, we haven't seen LA Prime Braun yet. I don't think we will. I, I think LeBron, as, as you know, I'm a big Braun fan. Uh-huh. But I think we're finally, it, it's, it's really starting to dawn on me that it's crazy that I've watched LeBron since 2003. Right. I And of course, I'm a Miami fan, so I saw him up close, even live in person. I was there game six of the 2013 NBA Finals. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I, I was there for that Ray Allen shot. And it, it's crazy to know that LeBron was... That was 10 years ago. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's more crazy. And, like, I think as much criticism as LeBron gets, besides the social justice issues. Yeah. We kind of talk about that stuff because this. Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast, to be honest. A whole nother world to get into. And I think just the athlete that he is is kind of surreal to know right now. Father Time is knocking on his door like hey you know we're here i think the only player that i've seen that refuses to answer the door is tom brady yeah and i mean reports are saying tom brady played in a i think it's a what mcl injury throughout the year yeah i mean i don't necessarily believe that but well i don't doubt it tom brady right (laughs) i mean i think i think the read like for me, you know, so we'll get back to the NBA question, and I'll answer that which prime Ron it is, but when it comes to the NFL, I think what happened with Peyton Manning and why he retired a lot earlier than Brady is, one, after that Super Bowl run, they did not really have an offensive line. No, they didn't. The Broncos were known that I've really a fantastic defense. And, you know, but then, you know, Peyton had that neck surgery that kept him out for a year at an older age. Which was his last year, really, in Indy. It was. Like, that was the year he was out. We went 1-15. Got Andrew Luck. (laughs) Or 2-14. 2-14, my bad. Um... Um, we, um, sorry about that. You could have been distracted. Uh, we also, 
Yeah, you, you know, he was in his 30s at the time when he had that neck surgery. I think it was like mid 30s. I think he was like 33. 33, something. yeah. So if he had that maybe a year after winning the first Super Bowl in 2007, like he's, let's say the year that he went back to the Super Bowl and lost to the Saints. Take out that year where he has that surgery. He's, I think he's still in Indy. No, like I could agree with that. So I think, but in Tom Brady, he had the ACL injury around that same time. Which I think, you know, around that 2008, 2009. And it wasn't like mid-season where he had already put a lot of pressure. Yeah. It was like first, like fifth play of the game, second drive of the game. And Brady never has really had an injury like that ever again. Aside from this apparent That's why injury. it's like, it's kind of That's surreal That's why he's still playing. Is he never like, he's like Derek Rose, God rest his soul. All the injuries that, that, and John Wall, all the injuries they've gone through. People don't understand. I played, I played basketball really, really. I mean, D-Way was my favorite player mm-hmm. as a Miami native. I've always grown up watching D-Way. But like, I've always loved Derrick Rose's game. Mm-hmm. The athlete. I think, honestly, if it wasn't the injury, he was Russell Westbrook before Russell Westbrook. Right. Yeah. I would say... Really is, I mean, a better his shooter. His vision was amazing. A better, and a better shooter. But, like, the athleticism that we saw in Derrick Rose, the youngest MVP to ever win an MVP. But, I don't Derrick Rose has always been a... Really, the reverse layup was popular because of him. No one did the up and under layup and stuff like that before Derrick Rose, really. The only people that did that was Jordan back in the early yeah. 90s. And no one really started doing it until... Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose came back. So, going back to the whole prime talk, we have Kobe in his prime. 8 Kobe or 24 Kobe? Wait. I think you gotta go with the 3 Pete Kobe. Okay, so number 8. So, half of Kobe. And then you got, you know, Michael Jordan. Just overall, you know. Yeah, that's... There's Shaq in his prime. Obviously, 3 Pete Shaq. KD in his prime. So we have Shaq, KD, Kobe, Owen, and number eight. LeBron, when he was on that tear, I would say, let's think of the prime of 2008 to 2013. This, when he well, was, we can say 14. Yeah. yeah. That was the last run he had in Miami. Yeah. And then you have, so we had LeBron, Kobe, Michael, Shaq, KD, KD and Steph Curry. Who are you benching? Benching or cutting? No, no, this is all like you're starting. Oh, like a starting five? Yeah, you're starting five. Out of these six, who is the one player that has to be on the bench? The argument I'm hearing people make is Kobe and Jordan are kind of the same player. So they're going to bench Kobe. I don't know, man. I want to bench Steph just because I I, can't stand him. (laughs) No, I, I love Steph. I love watching his game. I love the way he, like, you know what I mean? Like, has that swag right. to play. And I, th- I I might have to agree with you. I might have to go with Steph Curry. Because, I mean, Jordan was a shooter. A shooter. KD is a shooter. KD is the most gifted scorer I have ever seen. I mean, we saw that literally this playoff run. Like, that turnaround this, game seven to this, send it overtime. This came off of, mind you, a an career, Achilles. A career injury. An injury, right that, that, an injury that basically made Kobe Bryant 
retire. Re- yeah. <laughs> like, retire. God rest your soul, Kobe. We love you. But that if he does not do that to his leg, his tendon, he's still playing. And, or he may be retired a couple years. And the thing is, what, and back. the thing is with KD, like KD's been gone for, oh what, a year and a half? Yeah. He came back, didn't miss a step. That's yeah. the thing. That's the thing that made this whole season. He averaged what thirty one. Yeah. And versus the Bucks, that turnaround he did on Game Seven, descended to overtime. I'm not gonna lie. That was the most cleanest fadeaway I've seen a seven footer do. And I think I, I don't I, I think it's we've never seen a seven footer really shoot like a guard. Right. I mean, this year he averaged twenty seven. Twenty seven this year overall. At thirty two years old, mind you. That's scary. Like once you think about it, that's and scary. think about it too. He missed. You know, this NBA it was kind of shortened in a way. It wasn't eighty two games. I think it was 72 this year. Yeah. He played 35 and still averaged 27, almost 27 a game. Let's, let's just say he played half a season. season. Let's say he played, not yeah, not even six. Let's say he played 40. He could have got 30 this mm-hmm. season. I'm looking at his points per game here in the, play, in the playoffs, if it would let me. Uh, well, points. Oh, that's all the totals. It's not the highest rate. I want that. I mean, the the man averaged four. You know, he scored four hundred eleven uh, points in what looks like twelve games. So when you do that, four one one, no, four one one divided by twelve, thirty four point three in a playoffs. And you got to think he was shooting. 50%. Yeah. 90, I think it was 91% from the free throw. He was. And 50% from three. Let's talk about Giannis and his free throw percentage. How. Somebody, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm a better free throw shooter than Giannis. Yes. With my but, eyes closed. But, and, and, and what's funny is you would take, <laughs> wouldn't take 20 seconds to take a free throw. I think it was really funny throughout the whole playoffs that they started counting. I counting. Know that was. That was. Funny. My mom and dad was like, why are they counting? And said, like, just watch. That's like technically it, what was interesting. I had to remind mom that like in soccer, there is a 15 second rule for the keeper. They have to hold, if they hold on the ball, they, can, they can't hold it inside the box for 15 seconds or more. Otherwise, it's a penalty. They can be yellow card and penalty and give it a penalty. That That is how the United States made it to, I think, the gold medal game in 2012 against Canada. Yeah. It was 3 3. Canada had just tied it and forced penalties. Keeper went to go save it. And held it, and they called a penalty, and the United States won it in stoppage time. And so, like, I, when I explained that, she goes, so why are they doing it in basketball? Well, I feel like there should be a rule in basketball. It takes you 10 seconds to hold on to the ball. Like, for me, when I, when I play upwards church league basketball, I try to get that thing out of my hands as quick as possible because I just did not want to. That's, that's, that's like when I was playing basketball. Like, my routine was really no longer than three seconds. You know, to me, it was like... One, two, one, two, spin, three, shoot. Yeah. Like, I think everyone, I think that's everyone's when they're like not. But the, I think that's one thing Giannis used to work at. I mean, Was that the one bad part of his game, do you think? I think so. I mean, I do think if Giannis 
I'm not saying to become a Steph Curry on shooting or like a DeMar DeRozan from the, or not even DeMar DeRozan. Let's say like an Anthony Davis from the from the mid range. Oh, I think hands down, I think Giannis would be the best player in the league. I mean, I think right now it's up for grabs. To be honest with you, mm. is if we're gonna use some analysis logic here, aka Skip Bayless, <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, like no. he's always said the logic if you went to one person's like one player's house and went at their house you dethrone them because you you know what i mean like you beat them at their crib that's like he's always said like oh kevin durant has always shot two one three on lebron's grill in the finals in cleveland well we're gonna use that logic Giannis did go to brooklyn and put 50. I mean, he went on then, KD. We're not really on on KD, but at KD's house. And then again, yo, yeah, this the finals game was in Milwaukee when they clinched. But we, yo, Stephen A. called Devin Booker the next mama, the next Kobe Bryant. Well, the next Kobe Bryant just had a fifty piece dropped on his team in a game, yo. That would never happen to Kobe. No, yeah. He told Kobe like, there was an elimination game. He's going out probably with 80. <laughs> like, that is Jalen Rose is guarding him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now Jalen Rose is not going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I don't know. I think... I think it's up for grabs. I think, I think Giannis has the throne because he is the reigning finals MVP. But... Let's say let's say the Lakers come healthy next year. With Chris Paul? If they come with Chris Paul, they're the for sure favorite. For sure favorite. Just alone, they're already the favorite because you already have LeBron. Mm. And let's say they get a Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRose. Even if they don't get Chris Paul. Let's just say they get Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRose. Mm. That might be pretty slow. Because you can shoot anywhere. Carolari can shoot the three and pass the ball. DeMar DeRozan and AD are your mid-range. LeBron at post. Mm. But I think the yeah, Lakers... I, mean, I, I think mean, the Lakers... I'm Banner to 18 rise right there. <laughs> I'm already in Los Angeles putting that up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Aaron, will he stay? Will he go? And then we're going to talk about some SEC football talk, some two new teams. And I have a map on what probably needs to be done. <laughs> so, and as a Kentucky fan, I think Big Blue Nations are going to Big Blue Nations going to enjoy this. I just know Aaron Rodgers the Denver. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> let's see how that goes. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we are back for the final segment of that one sports broadcast. I'm my friend Brian here. He just said that Aaron needs Aaron Rodgers to go to Denver. Aaron Rodgers to Denver. Why is that? I, it's, I mean, it's one of the preferred choices that he has is going to Denver. True, but we've always seen. You, know, you watch Brett Favre go from the Packers to the Jets. Now, granted, it is the New York Jets. Let's not. And he did go to Minnesota. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> he but, did go to Minnesota. But then when you saw then Joe Montana, he went from San Francisco to the Chiefs. It feels like when 
you know, I think the only success story so far is Tom Brady going from the AFC to the NFC, winning a Super Bowl in the first year. When I remember, they, I remember when Brady left, they were like, oh, he can't do it without Belichick. Like, he had to have the Belichick way. I was one of those guys. And I said, like, I, I, was, I was too. I think I always told people that Brady's legacy and Belichick's legacy, they were meant for each other. Yeah. That, like, I don't think Tom Brady would be Tom Brady if it wasn't for Belichick. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bill Belichick would be the Bill Belichick that he is without Tom Brady. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP. I don't know how, because I had Tom Brady winning MVP this year. And I I think it would be a better fit, man. I mean, let's say Denver goes, okay, just straight up Joe Flacco for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is already telling reports and everybody that I don't even think he wants to go to camp. I think he's already kind of like forcing his way out of Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, are they the favorites in the AFC West over Kansas City? No. No. Is it because all the youth that is on Kansas City's team and all the, not just the youth, but the talent within that youth and Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and some veteran guys like Travis Kelsey? I think it's that. And, well, I don't know because Kansas City did lose a, a, a couple pieces on their defense too this year. Hmm, that's right. So, but I, behind, I still think Tom Brady's the best quarterback in the league. Mm. But I think behind him kind of knocking on his door, like kind of showing like when you're gone, I'm taking the spot, is Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I think, I think this Super even though he lost the Super Bowl, I do think this year prove like he's top tier. Yeah. Like, because I, I, I always go back to this throw. And, of course, I watched the game live. And it was me and my dad watching the game. The the throw that he did, I think it was, what was it, 35, 40 yards falling at, like, a 40-degree angle. And he just flicks it. And it literally. And it hit the guy in the back. Yeah, like a face mask. In I, the end zone, too. Yeah. I looked at my dad, and I was like. That convinces me every way possible that that is a superstar in this league. And my dad was like, how old is he? And how old is Patrick Mahomes is like, what, 25, 26? Yeah, he's not, he's I go, our age. Yeah, sucks. really. <laughs> yeah. Getting a $550 million contract out here. But, but like, I. Sorry, Mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, I told my dad, I go, dude, I've seen Tom Brady come back 28 to 3. I've seen the, the 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 football catch. I forgot the wide receiver's name that he caught it literally on his fingertips. Hopkins? No, it was on the Super Bowl. Curse? I think it was Victor Cruz. Or Manningham. One of those. Two it was guys. one of those two. What, what is the Giants? It was the Giants one. Literally, he caught it like this, like through the fingertip. Uh, oh, and there's David Tyree's yeah. helmet catch. And that. I've seen the Odell Beckham catch versus the Cowboys live on TV. And I remember walking in like it was it was a Monday night football game. I think my mom and I just got done like with the, she had a meeting at church. We had just walked home and we're hearing Chris Collins like go rant and rave and oh god what what is Chris Collins talking about? 
and we see this, and I'm hearing my mom, I'm getting stuff up from the car. Mom's like, oh my god, what am I watching? And I run in there, and there's Odell looking like this, some like exorcism happening from his body. That was far, because he reached like way beyond his body. And it was also fast interference, too. Yeah, that's the, the scary part. Is that he did that while being interfered with heavily. Um, the, the USA Today currently, these are their projections. Obviously, we're like a month away from. I know Cleveland's second favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. How is that? That's just so weird. Baker Mayfield has been making a name of himself the last eleven games. I feel I feel happy for him to be honest. I am. I've always I've always been a fan of Baker Mayfield. I don't know about you because I know sometimes you don't like that that energy that he brings in. Oh, uh, my, my favorite <laughs> moment is when he waved that OU flag. That was and funny. Stuck it in Ohio State. That was funny. Now, except, you personally, I'm not a huge fan of Ohio State. I'm not either. But it's one of those things where, like, you know, that is football. You went into their house. You went into the show. Like you disrespected you de- them. You deserve to do that. Yeah. Uh, they have your Browns as a wild card team. Oh, going eleven and six, right behind the twelve and five Bills. I don't know, man. Knowing the Dolphins, <laughs> we might go five and eleven. That's the, the and it, the thing is with the Dolphins is our defense is getting there because our mm-hmm. defense was making noise this year. But I think we were top eleven, top mm-hmm. ten in defense. But like, I'm just saying, you got a stud in the kick return. Well, in the kick yeah, return, yeah, that's Lynn Bowden. Yeah. And I think losing Fitzpatrick, give me hate. I think it was a big piece. Losing. Minka, right? Or Ryan? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, um, Fitzpatrick? Yeah. Or and- Fitztragic. <laughs> it's, like, it's depending what day he wakes up in. But and I hope I hope the Dolphins do something soon, man. I mean, Tua, I wasn't feeling Tua at first, to be real with you, man. I, I, I didn't like the pick. I was like, What's, why would we get a quarterback? Because remember that same year, it was Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was having the reports that he wanted to leave Seattle, and one of them, I think, was Dallas and Miami. And I'm like, oh, Russell Wilson, you're more than welcome to come to Miami. Like, I'll pay for your flight. Like, it's okay. And I don't. I just hope the Dolphins do so. Twelve and five. That doesn't sound realistic. It's, we saw more eight and eight and nine. <laughs> So now moving on to the big talk, the SEC getting two new teams, Oklahoma and Texas. I hear a lot of rivalry going on out there. <laughs> I mean, I personally feel like obviously Texas A&M was a big member of the Big 12 and as well as Missouri. And now here they're like, oh, we try to, try to get away from this. And here they are. Dang it, they're here. The ex that just keeps coming back. Yeah, exactly. Or the itch you just can't get rid of. It's there. What do you think? What's the overall thoughts on seeing, you know, I'm sure you have many, many thoughts on just, like, why, first of all. Why, why do you think this, this is happening? For the views, the attention, and then probably the tenacity, I guess you could say, or, like, the attention grabber they would get. Mm-hmm. I think throughout the whole season, it might, the, the views might be crazy trying to watch those games. And, you know... Obviously, Texas has the Longhorn Network. Yeah. They're not going to get the Longhorn Network when they yeah, go to the SEC. They're probably be at ESPN every Saturday now. And, you know, because remember, Big 12 games primarily are on Fox. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. 
you know, as someone, you know, I watch, you know, a lot of MLS, Major League Soccer. I cannot stand watching games on Fox. I can't watch, I really can't stand watching games on Fox. Overall, I don't care if it's college football, basketball. It's just, it's, I can't watch on Fox either. You know, maybe because Skip Bayless is on that network. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> it could be. But it's, it's I really feel like Undisputed. Undisputed is one of my favorite talk shows. <laughs> and yeah, it really because of Shannon Sharp. I love Shannon Sharp. But like Skip Bayless has his days too. Like, oh yeah. Like he has his days. I'm like, all right. That's true. All right. I, yeah. I could be with on the fence with this one. But there's days it's like, all right. <laughs> Time Go to turn you off. Go take a nap. Yeah. yeah. But for me, it's just, I mean, just I feel like just because they beat Florida so bad, who held their own against Alabama, maybe, but it's just like, you know, trust me, if I'm a team that's dominating the conference, I wouldn't want to leave. Well, I wouldn't either. Like, Boise State hasn't left, the, you know, whatever, you know. The oh, no, let's say they do say, just to see, because you remember, they were saying about the SEC, like, oh, I don't know how people were saying this, but like, oh. Such a weak division. Okay, the SC, I'm gonna say this: the SC East is a weak division. When you think about it, it's really still, Georgia and Florida. That is true, but like, but then again, those but teams. Would you say the weakest out of all divisions? I'm sorry, have we not heard about the Pac-12 or the Big Ten? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of disrespect from you know Big Ten people here, but it's like. Yo, it goes SEC, ACC, Big 12, and at tied for worst Power 5 conference, it's the Pac-12 and the Big 10. Big 10, to be honest. And it's just, you know, because they always have Ohio State every year. And one of the things that was like, the biggest talking point as to how much college football itself loves Ohio State is the year when Penn State were the outright Big 10 champions. They beat Ohio State. They won the Big Ten Championship game. But who got in the college football playoff? And who got their butt kicked by Clemson? Not only that, they literally made their way. When, when you know, you, you, I cannot fault COVID-19 for canceling games. I'm not going to let that be an excuse. But the and you know, some people, they are going to try to use COVID-19 as an excuse. Yes. But then again, you know, like the college football playoff used it as an excuse. Oh, you can't fault those teams for canceling against Ohio State. You can't fault the Big Ten for starting their season in mid-October when the SEC and ACC started in early September. It's like, okay, I get that. You still had a limit of number of games played, and they didn't meet that. Yeah. And you still put them in. And then look what happened. I think think that year was just an overall, like, Horrible fallout here. And so this map I'm looking at here, this is someone redid this whole map, adding all these teams. So in the SEC, bear with me, it's gonna be a lot. You know, you add Oklahoma and Texas. And the SEC West, they're gonna break up into four divisions each. In the SEC West, you have Oklahoma, AM, LSU, and Texas. That is to stay. Especially with AM. Exactly. Doing what they did this past year. The SEC North, you have Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Missouri. Now, I don't know if it's as bad as the next one, which is the SEC East, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. <laughs> Kentucky is taking that division easily. 
in my opinion. We, we might as well have, like, the banner. <laughs> just like right yeah. now. Just like, like, we would have t-shirts. All the yeah. NCAA just, just tell them, like, you might as well do that. For once, bro. Kentucky is a football school. <laughs> <laughs> but then in the SEC South, you have Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, and Florida. Now, the thing would be is you play all the teams in your division once. Yeah. Then you play another team, you know, you know then you have played six teams once, varying across yeah. the other ones. Um, I like that, to be honest. I'm not saying that as a Kentucky fan because that's a banner. Easy. <laughs> but, and then the winners of each division will play off in a semifinal. Winner goes to the SEC Championship game. I kind of like that, though. In the ACC, yeah, we all know this ain't going to happen because it's asking Notre Dame to join a conference in football. <laughs> but the ACC would get West Virginia and Notre Dame. ACC West, you have Louisville, Notre Dame, Virginia, and VTech. It's not a bad... You know, you know obviously Louisville's not been the same since the post-Lamar Jackson years. But Louisville, Notre Dame, that actually gives Notre Dame some fight. In the north, you have Pitt, West Virginia, Syracuse, and Boston College. This is the division I like. In the south, you have Clemson, Miami, Georgia Tech, and Florida State. That's a solid division. That is, you know. That one I couldn't tell you. I might say Miami just because I'm biased and a fan. <laughs> but then you have this group of ragtag teams that, you know, they always have seen that one good year, maybe a couple, like seven and five, eight, eight and four years. North Carolina, Duke, Syracuse, and Wake Forest. That's not a that's not a bad lineup. Then you have out in the Pac-12. They're not really, at, you know, they're going to add. Basically, we're getting rid of the Big 12 in general here. All right. You're just taking the Big 12, taking away all their teams, and just moving them around. So, the Pac-12 will add Texas Tech, Baylor, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. The West would be UCLA, Stanford, USC, and Cal. That's who you would definitely expect. The North, the Oregons, and the Washingtons. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the South, you'd have Utah, Arizona, Colorado, and Arizona State. Then in the South, you have Texas Tech, BYU, no, not BYU, um, B, uh, Baylor, that's right, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. That's not bad considering that's Oklahoma not State. I have Oklahoma State. Then you have the Island of Misfit Toys, the Big Ten. <laughs> Basically, they would add Kansas and Iowa State. In the West, you have Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State, and Kansas. That actually is a decent matchup because I'd like to see the Iowas battle out. Um, in the South, you have Purdue, Illinois, Notre Dame, and Indiana. <laughs> Not bad. The North is rather interesting because you got Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. You can definitely see that kind of going back and forth between Michigan and Minnesota. Because uh, Minnesota's been on the come up for the last couple of seasons. And finally, you got the East Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, and Rutgers. That is the easiest division I've ever heard. I mean, of Ohio I State. think out of out of every five tries, Ohio State wins it out of three. Penn State gets to the two. Just depends on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know because remember, Urban Myers is not at O. Right. And you really, you know, Ryan Day did a great job. He did. He did, but wasn't no Urban Meyer. No. And what's funny is going back to the whole projections thing, they had uh, the Jaguars going four and thirteen. 
Still not the worst I, team in that division. It's the, not. They had the Texans going one I, I, I believe that there's coaches that they coach better in college than they do pro. I mean, look at John Calipari. Terrible at the Knicks or at the Nets, wherever he was at. Nick Saban. <laughs> I mean, Nick Saban. We know who he is in college. I mean, uh, Rick Pitino. Yeah. Terrible with the Celtics. Patrick Ewing. That was a great season for Georgetown. That was. I, I, I really, I felt bad that they got, well, they got blown out. It was like an annihilation. It was. It, it wasn't the way for them to go after what they had gone through. Yeah. I mean, who else has been a good... Wasn't there a former coach who's at Memphis now? Jawan Howard. No, the Michigan. Jawan Mich- Howard. Yeah, he. You know, and he actually, was a, he was an assistant coach in the league. And in, then NBA. Uh, but Penny Hardaway. That's Penny Hardaway was another one. I forgot. He's, about he's at Memphis now. Um, funny enough, Coastal Carolina point guard Devonte Jones. He did. He did. Went. He declared for the draft, but he didn't sign with an agent just in case it didn't work out. He's at Michigan now. And what's going to be so cool, what's going to be so cool is, yeah, when he gets drafted, hopefully, hopefully when he gets drafted, it's going to, you know, they're going to say Devontae Jones, guard, Michigan. Us Coastal Carolina fans and people around this area in Myrtle Beach, they're going to know. He was at Coastal first. He was a summit player of the year. Well, that's like, um, there's a lot of, Coastal Carolina has been getting a lot of noise lately. Especially this season. We did have ESPN here for the very first time in school history. I was there. This year. No, I was too. I requested the day off just to go. And, and like, notable athletes, like, what's, it, what's that? Josh Norman. Josh Norman. Jerome Simpson, the guy that yeah. made the flip uh, touchdown with the Bengals. Yeah. How did the Thick Ben play here? Yeah. You know, they, we're, we're getting up there in the school. And you have guys like Teron Jackson and CJ Maribel. Jackson's with the uh, Eagles, kind of four-year, three. I know there was a, a running back that made it to the league, and he played for Denver. D'Angelo Henderson. Yeah. I just got a text from the end today, so I'm real close with him. That's cool. So, uh, real close with Devontae Jones, too. But, um, but yeah, so who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? Does Tampa go back-to-back? I think Tampa was back to back. It's my friend. Kyle I've been so happy now. I've, it's been every time I root against Tom, like against Tom Brady, I lose every time. <laughs> like, and when I'm saying something, because you're a Miami fan, yeah, you've been exactly. with Tom twice yeah, a year. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know because every time we did play the Patriots, we always beat them once. I don't know how, but every year we always did beat them once. Wasn't it the time y'all were zero and fifteen? Yeah, we were 0-15. And y'all and won on a walk-off? And, yeah, we won on a walk-off versus New England. Were you at that game? I was not. <laughs> I, would, I was listening to the ESPN radio that day. But, um... But see, I, I think... I think it's a rematch this year. It's going to be another Kansas Patrick City. Patrick Mahomes and... Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City. Are we entering that phase, like how the NBA has been the last few years, where it's like LeBron and Curry... Until someone got yo know, knock on wood, someone gets hurt or just a bad year for one of them. I don't know, but at the same time, like the NFL has been proven to have a lot of Cinderella stories. Very true. Like Peyton Manning's last ring was a Cinderella story to be real. I mean, first year 
Tampa Bay. Tom Brady comes to Tampa Bay. They're calling him. Yeah. They win the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes had his Cinderella story winning the Super Bowl finals and Super Bowl MVP. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Boy, no, no. I think it's a rematch this year. I don't, I don't, but I don't think the Bucks defense can hold Patrick Mahomes twice. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Well, uh, before we go, I just want to say thank you again, Brian. Really no appreciate problem. it. Pleasure um, for having me. Absolutely, we're definitely gonna bring you on later on with more NBA talk. As we get close to the season, I don't see NFL once the season kind of gets underway. Season is here. I think we're what eighty-eight days away. Oh yeah, <laughs> college football is a lot closer. That is, I think college football. I think we're forty-two days away. Yeah, something like, <laughs> like that. Like it's. And what's funny is you know you, you know you know my, my favorite tweet is like you know people who are happy to see the NBA season over, and it's uh, Jason Momoa about the tackle Henry Cavill NFL season. That, yeah. That's that's like I saw a meme. It was like a kid like playing with like rocks on the street and like going like like just drawing on the sidewalk and it says me when I realize I don't have the NBA season or college football or the NFL season going on at once <laughs> and I was, that's, oh, that's you, me. that's why you turn to soccer just kidding I've, I've tried to get more into it man I've tried um, I mean like right now I've been watching a lot more of the Olympics and especially of course the men's basketball team mm. I, don't, I don't think they're you don't think they're gonna get gold? I don't think so. Are they gonna medal? Will they get third place? I no more than third. So they're, they're, they will not be in the gold medal game. I don't think so. Mm. They don't. They don't got the height. They, everyone there is guards. <laughs> like really, the only center they have is Bam and Javale McGee. Everyone Javale else. Javale McGee, an Olympic. Athlete. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Exactly. What has the world come to? <laughs> But, uh, well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And to all, all those who listen, you know, thank you. Hope this, I hope this podcast is e- easier to navigate than when you try to watch the Olympics and see which live, which is pre-recorded. Because I feel like that's, that's been an issue. Well, that, and I don't think anyone's going to wake up five in the morning to watch. Beyonce's about to wake up in a couple hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ask her for the highlights. <laughs> Can you watch the game? Can you turn on the game for a minute and tell me what's going on? But uh, thank you guys so much for listening in. Uh, this has been Ian Birkin. That's Brian Estrada. Hoping to bring him on a couple more times. This has been That One Sports Podcast. Thank you so much.